not Spencer's. That's that shit that uh store in the mall that had like jackass gear. Remember that? Yes, yes. Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we identify our feelings and then need a hug. I'm Kristen Ledlow. And I'm Jordan Liggins. Well, go ahead and introduce yourself, our very, very special guest. Oh, sheesh. I'm Kristen Ledlow. Uh, I'm a broadcaster at NBA TV and TNT and a huge fan of Spinsters. Oh my god! I'm so excited to be here. And you are our very first guest host. You know, I've followed the podcast and I went back and I was like, I don't think that anyone else has done this. Like, are we making history? I mean, do yes. I hard to say that? No, I will say I was so jealous when you all released the title of this podcast before you even started making the podcast. I was like, that is the most brilliant podcast name for two women sitting around talking about basketball. It really is. I was so upset. I did not think of it myself. <laughs> It's no, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And someone like did a, a spin on spinsters and then they said spinfluencers. So you are a spinfluencer. You got your hoodie on. Yeah, you are a original. I, I know that most of our audience is listening, but I do have on the spinsters hoodie for those. She's who rocking it. See it. I love it. <laughs> It's very soft and cozy as well. So it's actually the softest hoodie I own. It's really soft. That was that was a must for us because yeah. if you're a spinster and you're gonna be comfy, we gotta make sure it's soft inside and out. Yes, my cat loves it as well. I believe I tweeted a oh. photo that the two of you were tagged in mm -hmm. uh, the cat curling up on it on the couch. So, well, I'm we love we love cats too. A true spinster. True spinster. <laughs> Through and through. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You also have a show with Channing Frye called Handles, too, I'm so right? I'm excited you brought that up because I'm, I, I'm, real, I'm not exaggerating. I really think it might be my favorite thing that I've done. I don't, okay, wait. Maybe just, hey, hi, Grant Hill, in case you're listening. Uh, <laughs> it was really fun making inside stuff with you. No, that was a blast for so many seasons of my life and in such a different season of life. Mm -hmm. And now to get to team up with Channing and to do this kind of like late night laughable take on all that was in the week in the NBA, it's such a fun thing. And he is unfathomably funny. He really is funny. He's like I, actually funny. <laughs> yes, he is actually funny. No, I, it is the most fun. And really just like kind of sitting and hanging out with him for all of Friday night is, mm -hmm. you know, but to get to do that for just 30 minutes on the air where people get to respond to the things that he says is to, we're only a month in and I just, I have loved every minute of it. <laughs> That's also a good title, if I have to say so myself. Yeah, handles, yes. hashtag handles, because yeah. I'm sure people have good handles, bad handles. The problem and is what we've realized, there is a like kitchenware company mm. that uses the hashtag handles often. So as we're like filtering through tweets to use from the show, it's like, 
oh, they did a really cool kitchen reno, you know, <laughs> like, like the hashtag sink, hashtag handles. And we're like, we're not going to feature this tweet, but you may get my business. <laughs> you're like, you're actually marketing to the right person. Yeah, Thank you. Right. <laughs> you know, we're all looking for the same audience. Uh, it's fine. We're not going to reach out. Wait, that's hilarious. But I feel like also with that, you see a lot of takes, some bad. Oh, yes. Some really bad oh, yeah. and some some good takes. I feel like people don't give credit to the good takes that are out there because they make you think, yeah. you know, we don't tend to revisit them either. It's yeah. Like save what looks like a hot and potentially bad take. And if it turns out to be a good one, we don't revisit it. We don't ever go back and look at the good take. Yeah, that's that's actually really good. That's good. We have. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through some takes okay. that have been circling around in people's handles on the Twitter sphere, okay. on Reddit, and we're going to kind of grade them if they're a good take, bad take, if we agree or we don't agree. So that's kind okay. of what we're going to go through. I like that. We are going to revisit the good takes. We are going to revisit the Finally. good takes. Finally. Yeah. And we're going to start with the spinsters take that came from some news. Well, I'm, I'm going to put this in quotes, but it was basically... A big fight between Detroit and the Lakers. Did you see that? Yes. Where Isaiah Stewart was really upset at LeBron and like 10 yes. people were holding him back at one point. That's the right way to put it. Right? And so the Spencer's take is that there have been so many fights this year. People have a lot of pent up frustration and they don't know how to correctly express their feelings. And so they are fighting each other. And I yeah, I think that's the only reason. The, I feel like it's more than any other year, right? Oh, it's absolutely more than right? any other Yeah. Because we've had to have this conversation, I think, every week of the season thus far. Every week. <laughs> there is an ongoing fake slash almost fight every single week. Every single week. And then some you think like, okay, this could actually escalate to a place that you know, like, I believe both the Morris brothers and the Jokic brothers that they are about it. Yeah. If either side wants to take it there. Yeah. But then, like, Rudy Gobert says, nobody's going to do anything. <laughs> right? They were dancing. That's my take on that, on that fight. They just wanted to dance. A little it tango. Did, it did look like the... Uh, the meme that was going around was that moment from Titanic. Yeah. Spin around in circles and you know it's love. Yeah, that's exactly what that looked like. <laughs> but the the amount, there was a lot of blood. So don't look a up this lot. video if you so have It looked a lot worse. Looked a lot worse than yeah. what happened. So and I, can't, I can't totally agree with Rudy that, you know, these are fake fights with fake tough guys yeah. because nobody's really... No, I think there are absolutely several who would like to take it all the way there. I think that all Isaiah the way there. was one of them. Yes. But Even I, Russ. Russell Westbrook was like, I've been waiting for this. I'm finally. <laughs> my finally. moment has come. Yeah. Not so, I think absolutely several would take it there, but that's a great take. Yeah. I'm going to dub that one great because if you think about all that the last year and a half has held mm -hmm. and all that's been required of these guys. It's not just show up and do your job really well. 
It's do so without seeing your family for weeks at a time. It's do so while speaking up off the court as well. It's do so back to back to back. I mean, it was just a couple of weeks ago that it was the one year anniversary of the Lakers winning the title. And we had already crowned the Bucks champions as well. It's already been a season in between. (laughs) I'm calling that a great take because there are a lot of reasons to be frustrated if this is the expectation of you at this point and you don't feel like you've got any other outlet for it. Yeah. And this is where the, the parenting quarter comes in because we were talking about before, you know, how I am currently at my sister's house with yes. my nephew, Luca, who is one and a half, and my niece, Ava, who is two weeks old. So she's she's great. She's an angel. But Luca, we're 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 doing timeouts because he's he's starting to scream for no reason. And we're doing timeouts. And then I say, Luca, are you frustrated do you what yes. what are you feeling identify the emotion yes, yeah good. identify the read. emotion yeah yeah, yeah 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 this is all from tiktok this is mtjj looking yes. at parenting tiktok and when i say this is what i've read just know that's what i mean like this yeah. is what i on tiktok <laughs> yeah that's the new parenting book and so then i sit there and then he takes a big breath and then i say okay do you want to hug and then he hugs mtjj and i feel like this is what we need to do with a lot of these NBA players. Like this is oh, some parenting. Feeling? Yeah, what are you Let's feeling? Let's identify the emotion. Point and to do it. Do you need a hug? Do you need a hug? Because I think a lot of them do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have it all figured out. NBA, just call us up. We will do parenting corner slash timeouts for all these NBA players. And maybe they just need a hug. And that was also helpful to me because I'm trying to do the fast math on how soon my son will be a year and a half years old. We've got a while, but I'm thinking, okay, so that's the road I'm about to head down. <laughs> Welcome. It's great. He's still Identifying so cute. emotions when you scream for no reason. Yeah. So that's coming. Thank yeah, you. That's so. coming. Yes. And also the, the no word is his favorite, favorite oh, word. And oh. so we're trying to say yes a lot. And um, it's not catching on as quickly. Mm, I think it's harder mm-hmm. to say, but like I <laughs> love that for you guys. It's not. It's not for me. Yeah, you know, um, it's going all right. It's going okay. I am currently locked in a room right now, and it's nap time, so that's why it's going really great right now. Oh, it's but, nap time here as well. Oh, <laughs> we only record during nap time. It's <laughs> the only way. Yeah. <laughs> But you know who else um, might need a hug? And this goes into our next take. I already, I think I know who you're going to say, but say it. Luke Walton. He does. Was just, quote, relieved of his duties, which always Mm. sounds so much worse. Honestly, just fire me. Relieved from duties sounds... But also... Oh. Talk about identifying emotions. Okay, yeah. to feel a little relieved, right? Yeah. That's true. You're so right. What are you feeling? Do you need a hug? I'm feeling relieved of my duties. I am relieved that I am no longer the King's coach with this kind of impossible expectation. That's it. Impossible. So so tell me the take, because that's what I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the take is, which this is coming in hot, really hot, that Luke Walton was a good coach yes yes look at the numbers right 
this team has missed the playoffs 15 seasons in a row. Think about where you were and what life looked like the last time the Kings were in the playoffs. They've had 11 coaches in that span. 11. So one of the first changes that organizations tend to make when they're inevitably frustrated with yet another losing season is to the coaching staff. But again, Mm -hmm. look at the numbers. Luke was good with what he was given in Sacramento. Yeah. He's coming from a coaching staff at Golden State. He's got this foundation of fundamental winning basketball just to start his coaching career. And then beyond the win-loss record, a coach's success, to your point, always seems to be measured relative to expectations. Mm -hmm. So like when the expectation is, let's see if we can sneak into the play-in tournament and surprise somebody, then you only have to be consistently better than like four or five other teams. Yeah, that's a good point. But when the expectation, like it is for the Kings this season, is that this team should now be competing in the Western Conference playoffs, then losing isn't going to be tolerated very long. Very, And and that's the thing, too, of Luke Walton was the second winningest coach in the Sacramento Kings history. Like, think about that. Think about that for a hot second. At what point are you going to see that through? Right. Right? At what point do you look at this and say, okay, maybe the expectation is too high for where this roster currently is. Right. The roster. Maybe this small stretch of losing in an 82-game season won't last come March. Like, at what point do you sit back and say, all right, 11 coaches in 15 losing seasons, maybe, just maybe... That's wild. It's not all his fault. Huh. And that was my point because we talked about it. Excuse me. We talked about it a couple weeks ago and we didn't want to talk about the Kings for the whole podcast. But that's what it kind of turned into because we're just racking our brains of like, is it the roster? Is it their draft picks? Is it leadership? Is it the coach? Like there's so many things that need to be changed. It's all of it. Yeah. It's all of it. And it always gets pointed to Luke Walton. But seeing these numbers and that he's right under, you know, Rick Adelman for the winning as coach in Kings history. And then now, what do you, so you take, you've considered this roster to be one that's ready to compete. How long a grace period do you give a new head coach? And Mm -hmm. and like, how far have you taken a step back to say, Now we're reassessing and now we're starting from here. And also, who is it you think is available that's going to do better with what you're giving him? Exactly. Right. Or her. But right now, it's Alvin Gentry, who it's like, okay. I say or her, but I kind of hope it's not or her because I kind of hope very right. I kind of hope that the first female head coach in the NBA isn't the 12th and 16 seasons in Sacramento. And it's like, okay, what are you going to, are you going to give her a fair chance with this roster? She, she also doesn't have a fair chance. All the other 11 guys. Yeah. (laughs) And I just, I just don't know if, if Alvin Gentry is really like, it's still going to be the same players. So if it is a coach problem, then we should expect this Kings team to like skyrocket and right. be in the playoffs if this is a coaching problem with these same people. Right. So that's what I'm curious to see. 
If- I think that every time a young, talented, perhaps the expectations are too high team fires its coach after just a stretch of small stretch of losing, mm-hmm. the expectation is that like the Hawks did last season, mm-hmm. completely turn it around, like yeah. immediately. But how often in recent memory can you think of that being the reality, that becoming the reality? That's a really good point. That's that's exactly what the Kings thought. They're like, we could be the Hawks. Here they it made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, we can be that team. It was Luke all along. But I... Yeah. That's such a good point because the they're not the Hawks. Too. Yeah. <laughs> they're not the Hawks. You I'm need more call help. That not a great take, but a good one. It's a solid one. It's a solid one. Yeah. It is. It is a solid one. So yeah. Okay. Not great, but not bad. Okay. A good take. I a don't think you're getting take. laughed out of any basketball conversation for that no. take because you have the numbers to back it up. I think that's that's why that is a solid take. Yeah, we just gave you. We yeah, just so just play this little snippet. Who have yeah. that take? Just repeat the talking points that we handed you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, next take that I think you wanted to talk about. Steph is playing the best basketball of his career. Yes. This Your is thoughts. A good take. And I say it's a great take for a number of reasons. Uh, one, because it's my take. Um, <laughs> there you go. And I only have great takes. <laughs> Two, here are the reasons for my take. No, I, we do tend to take greatness for granted, don't we? Like, And mm. not only that, but we need it sitting properly upon its totem pole. It's always comparative greatness. It's always higher or lower. It's always greater or worse. Any greatness that looks similar. So with that said, we know Steph is a back-to-back MVP. One of those times, the first ever unanimously voted MVP. And we got so used to what he could do. Mm -hmm. We actually started saying it was, quote, Steph being Steph. Right? Like, it became so regular to us. And for so many seasons, we compared him to others who had played his position, other shooters in the history of the game of basketball, others that he faced in finals season after season. And then it all kind of went away out in the bay, like all at once. We got so used to seeing the Warriors at the end of every season that it almost felt exciting to see literally anyone else. Yep. Like for a season to start and think, I don't know in October how this is going to end in June. Yeah. (laughs) But no Warriors means no Steph either. So he was injured for that long stretch. He was then surrounded by younger players, younger talent, and a couple of other injured stars and another star that took off for the East Coast. But I loved what he said last season as he was coming back from all of that. He said, I don't feel like I have anything left to prove. I've got a lot left to accomplish, but nothing left to prove. And he's playing like it. And and one of the most fun aspects of being a Steph Curry fan, which I am through and through, is how much fun he has playing the game. And then you look at the numbers. He's actually playing every bit as good as his MVP seasons. And for the first time in a long time, we're finally surprised by it again. Mm. And I love that. 
It's what makes me so excited to see it start happening. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's a good take. That's a good take. Because you're right. And I think it's, one, we say it on Spencer's all the time. It is so fun and is so much joy to watch Steph play basketball. Yes. Like when he's not on the court, when he was injured, when they weren't in the playoffs, it was like, dang, I kind of, I miss him. I miss that excitement. It makes you feel like you've never watched basketball in your life. Like you're watching someone else on another planet, watch a completely different sport. Yes. It's so much fun. And so for this, I, I agree. He is playing at a ridiculously high level. And I think it's also for this season in particular is because he could and he will pass Ray Allen. And this could be, you know, the most memorable season where he becomes the greatest three-point shooter ever. So So why not go out at an MVP level? But again, MVP level is not the same as Steph Curry's MVP level. Yes. That's why we (laughs) take it for granted. Yeah, yeah. His MVP seasons are better than other MVP seasons. So much better. They're unreal. It's kind of like, how can we compare Steph to Steph? Like, he keeps breaking this cheat code that he builds. And that's the problem. (laughs) Any given season that you say, okay, he's playing the best basketball of his career. Well, for comparing him to himself, like, how... How do you play Steph Curry MVP basketball? Like, that's so much better, so much harder, so much higher than baseline MVP level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and he the- will have to play Steph Curry MVP level as Steph Curry to win another MVP because yes. he will always be compared to himself in other MVP seasons. Yes, yes. And isn't that so interesting? I always think about that when we talk about MVP conversations because. Even when you take a look at Giannis for those back-to-back MVPs, he was trying to beat himself because that's what we were saying. Well, well, you know, he can still do that. He can still, you know, dribble down the court in one dribble and dunk on everybody. I mean, he could still do that. But, like, compared to everybody else, that's really amazing. Yes. But then he started to shoot, and we're like, whoa, that's different than the last Giannis MVP. Yeah, exactly. That's something different. So now we have to give him the MVP because he's expanded his game somehow. And that's I feel like that's exactly what you're talking about with Steph. It's like we know he's going to shoot and he's going to make all of them. Okay, he's he has 50 points again. But can we give him another MVP for that? He's already done that. But it's still great. He's got to top himself. It's part of not only taking greatness for granted, but always comparing it. Because we compare him to Ray Allen and Reggie Miller and others at his position. And we compare him to LeBron season after season and what he did in the finals as opposed to what Steph did in the finals. And then we compared him to KD. And uh, well, okay, well, is he even the best player on his own team at this point? So it's all comparative. And then we're just taking it for granted. Because yeah. even now, what are we doing? We're comparing Steph to Steph. It's, yep. So we're taking for granted what we're watching right here. But I think the advantage he'll have playing at this level again is that he went away for a little while. Yeah. So now it's exciting and surprising that he's back again and doing it all over. Oh, great take. Thank Great you. take. Wow. I was hoping I would sell you on it. Oh, I'm sold. I'm, I mean, 
it's an easy sell for anything with Steph. I love him so much. But that was that was a great, great take because it's I've never thought of it in the way of comparing and taking it for granted, especially those little joys and, and watching him play again. And now we might get Clay Thompson back. I think there was a report saying that he could be back before Christmas. And then you're like, wait, what was it like for them to play together again? Like the two right. best shooters. Now we're going to get to have that joy again. Yeah. Like the yeah. team that won 73 games, like that team didn't have Kevin Durant on it. Mm-hmm. Like that was this team. And we're about to get to see this team again. Yeah. It's, it's just so exciting. It's so exciting. I have another question though. We're we're talking about comparing and and I do have a little bit of worry for Clay of like he's been out for 2 years. Yeah. It's a long do time. Do we it's a long time. Do we give him any grace or like right when he steps on the floor are we going to compare to, you know, the 30 point quarter right. Clay? Right. Yeah. Uh, that's what's tough is the Warriors will inevitably suffer some sort of stretch come January, February, March, mm-hmm. that it appears more difficult than it was in the fall. Yeah. So they weren't in that conversation to contend before the season started. A couple of people here and there were like, oh, well, look at this Warriors team. They could. But all in all, we were talking about other teams. Mm-hmm. And then they play the way that they do out of the gate for the first month of the season. And now they're in everybody's conversation about not only the MVP, but potential contenders in the mm-hmm. Western Conference and perhaps beyond. And the one variable that we continually insert into that argument is, and Clay Thompson's coming back. Yeah, yeah. And our only memory of Clay Thompson is two years ago. And so the instant expectation is going to be that of, look how good this team already was. Mm-hmm. They're now part of the conversation to contend. And I hate to say it, but I know it'll be said, are they better or worse without him? Yep. Because yep, it's going to yep. take it's a little It's going to happen. It, yeah. They're going to suffer that stretch. They're going to, to, to face um, a, a smut. They're going to face adversity in some capacity. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know if it's going to be a losing streak. And we don't know if it's going There's no way of knowing in advance. But they will face some level of adversity come the final stretch of the regular season. And inevitably that will become the conversation. And I just want like to sit there for a second, what you said, like give him grace. Yeah. Give him grace to become not just all that he was, but all he can be at this point, at this age, in this season of life. And after several seasons of having been sidelined, give him grace to be that and to be something different and to be something new. Because I think if we get even a fraction of the Clay Thompson back that we saw several seasons ago, even a fraction of him is better than most anybody else. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, That's so true. No, well said, well said. And we're going to have to, all we can do is see how it plays out. Like there's, we know that something's going to happen. We know change is coming. And I, I just wonder, especially we're talking about our emotions. And I feel like if he gets on that floor, he's also going to expect that of him. Of course. And he's just now getting cleared to play full practice. So when he gets out on that stage, on the court, like, I don't even think he's played in the new arena yet. It's like, 
all of this is going to be new and all of that expectation is going to be on on him. So I hope we give him grace. I hope we give him some warm up time and the whole Warriors a grace period of trying to fit him in. And hey, um, you know what? I could be they may face no adversity at all. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, true. <laughs> this is true. This is just my saying, like, inevitably they'll face <laughs> some stretch. Let's give them grace. You and I might have this conversation come April and it's like, yeah. So when Clay came back, they only lost one more time. You know, like <laughs> I know. <laughs> I guess that's another take. Another yeah. take is they face no adversity. Right. They're still great. And I'm sure and our producer Harry. Wouldn't surprise me either. Oh, our producer Harry, a Warriors fan, is probably thinking oh. that exact same thing. So there, Love there's that. the other Hi, take. Harry. Yeah. <laughs> the other side of that. But, but what's funny, again, that wouldn't surprise me. Me neither. neither and Steph's would. still averaging 40 points. And it's yeah. just everything's it great. At all. Oh, goodness. The Warriors are back. Hey, what's up, guys? Jordan Liggins here. TickPick should be your first choice to buy basketball tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is an exclusive ticketing partner for Spinsters and the Blue Wire Network. NBA basketball is finally back, and there is no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NBA tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. I'm actually super excited because I'm about to go visit my sister in Chicago and we're gonna go to a Bulls game and hey, I'm gonna check out TickPicks for the best tickets on the market. I know they're gonna be the best price, I know it's gonna be easy and no service fees. Visit TickPick.com slash spin today to save $10 on your first order of NBA tickets. TickPick.com slash spin. Speaking of MVPs, though, here's another take for you. Candace Parker <laughs> and the Chicago Sky broke the yeah. current WNBA playoff format. Yes. So the Board of Governors and the Commissioner had to change it. Yes. Good because what yeah, a nightmare scenario <laughs> that all of these 34, 35, 36-year-olds secure the sixth seed and win the, the title. sixth seed. I know. And for the listeners, if you guys are not, are not familiar with this change. So now there are no more single elimination games. No teams have a bye. There's going to be three rounds of playoff. First round is best of three. Second round is best of five, and there's no more reseeding. And as a refresher, the Chicago Sky were the sixth seed, made it through two single elimination games. Against the best teams in the league, by the way. The best teams in the league. And then they took down the actual best team in the league, the number one seed, and made it to the finals and won it all. And so they're like, okay, we need to switch some things up. This isn't working. It's been like a month and a half since they did that and i still can't actually believe it me neither there are very few things that just shock me to my core and i felt like night in and night out it i'm like she's still doing it like i know i know and and that was our our ongoing conversation um throughout the playoffs i would send her a message and say like you're still doing it She's like, yeah, you know, we'll see kind of thing. And <laughs> oh, the gosh. last thing that I sent her after was just, 
you did it. You actually did it. I still cannot believe that she actually did it. And I love that you know how many people immediately got on the phone and were like, all right, we got to change something here because we can't have, <laughs> can't have Candace coming in and doing this for the next 10 seasons. Exactly. Right? And that's the other thing too, for maybe if you're not familiar with the WNBA, it's like November. Like, this isn't normal time for them to kind of make this announcement of this change. Not at all. That's a great point by you. Not at all. Like, normally this comes around February, April, like, coming before the season starts. This was an immediate change. This was, like, like, immediately we are on a Zoom call tomorrow. Bring your best ideas because this is not working. It's like red sirens, like alert, alert. This was not planned. We were really hyping up Connecticut to go all the way this year. So right. And Chicago ruined this. Thought of it that way. That makes it funnier. It's so much funnier. It's not even free agency yet. Releasing that news right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like save it. Get people excited for next season. It's like no. This is this was like an immediate conversation, and we need you all to know. We're fixing this. We're fixing this. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I love it. And Candace still hasn't decided whether or not she's she's coming back. She hasn't made any like definitive statement on it. I know. And I wish I could break that news right now. I ask her every single time that I see her and I'll see her again tonight. I've just, have you decided? <laughs> well, let us know. You know, one thing she always says though is like, I'm not going to dishonor the game when Mm. I can no longer physically do all it requires to be really great at this I'll walk away wow and you know from the outside looking in it's like well obviously she can still physically do all it requires Mm -hmm. but at a certain point do you want to yeah I told her she should have, I, I was like, if that would have been, if, see, this is why I can't do things like this. Because if that had been me in that moment, I would have hijacked the whole moment. I would have grabbed the microphone yep. and been like, I'm out. I would have announced my retirement right there in the spot, turned the whole thing into about me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I think she should have done it. But again, that's why I'm not there. <laughs> well, my opinion is she maybe thought it was going to take a couple years and like she really she wanted to bring that championship home I think but so she too. did it on the first try that's what i think also and so and it's so like I oh maybe shoot even in her mind and again i'm i'm i'm, I'm guessing she has yeah, not yeah, yeah. said this to me i think maybe in her mind she was preparing for the next couple of seasons solely because she wanted to deliver her hometown its first ever w title and it's like oh Okay, so I did it. Yep. Do I have now what? to come back the next couple times or um, we'll see. I'll ask her again tonight and let you know. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> just keep just keep bugging her. I, I will oh, yeah. too. I'll, I'll just keep checking in. Just checking in, just seeing how you're feeling. Yes. Where are you at <laughs> this week? What do you think? Okay, we got one more. This actually might be my favorite one, but it makes me kind of sad. So the take is, this. these have all been pretty good takes so far. Mm-hmm. The take is, Alex Caruso is the perfect role player. I think yes, but I wish he wasn't because he's no longer a Laker. Yeah. A Lakers fan, so. I hate that, yeah. by the way. 
Like I'm so happy to see his success in Chicago. I love that he got his money. Me too. I hate for both him and the Lakers that his uh, requests weren't met in LA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and then to watch this season, the way and like the specific ways in which the Lakers have struggled and to know that they prioritized the luxury tax over that depth that he provides is disappointing. Like he's exactly who we need right now. Like when we think about like, oh, what are what type of player do the Lakers need? Like what? It's Alex Caruso. (laughs) And you gave him away. (laughs) That's the heart. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> No, I yes. <laughs> add to that, not only do I think he's perfect within his role on the court, but off it. Ooh. I think he is the entirely perfect role player from start to finish. Because this is a guy who's hearing MVP chants at the free throw line. He's nicknamed the GOAT by LeBron James himself. He trends on Twitter several times a month. They're calling Chicago, by the way. You may be able to think of other famous former Bulls. Uh, the Caruso now, right? Like, yeah, yeah. This is somebody who could easily buy into all of his own hype. But all that I've seen about the way in which he approaches any of it is just with a smile. So, like, it's a wonderful point. He's yeah. literally perfect role player on and off the court. Because any guy who plays like that and is not expected to be the superstar, but starts hearing all of that, mm-hmm. all right, LeBron's calling me the GOAT, like regularly now, you know, like I'm hearing <laughs> yeah. the MVP chain. You can start buying your own hype mm-hmm. and start playing entirely differently thinking, you know what? They're right. This does revolve around me. And he doesn't approach it that way at all. He is the literally perfect role player. Oh, so good. So good. And he's just, he's one of my favorite, like my favorite type of player is just the stat stuffer. He's everywhere. Like I, I think that's what makes people and especially players like him, you're going to last in the league. That's, that's my opinion. If you are trying to be everywhere, you're going to play defense. Like in this NBA, you actually want to play defense. He's leading the league in steals. Like that's that type of motor that yes the lakers need but the bulls are really capitalizing and he knows his role he's gonna stick in that if he did let all of that go to his head he would be trying to take the last shot over DeRozan or over levine like he's knows i'm gonna get the rebound you guys take the shot i'm gonna go for the rebound i'm gonna steal the ball i'm gonna sacrifice my body and those are the type of players that you just can't help but love so if we were identifying your feeling right now, it would probably be sadness. It right? is very much sadness. Do yes. And jealousy? A, a little jealous. Do you need a hug? I do need a hug. <laughs> I do need a hug. Every time I see the Bulls play, every uh, single time. <laughs> and the Wizards, too. I was actually just watching the Wizards and yeah. just seeing Caldwell Pope and Kuzma thriving and like good for them and you want to see it but also it's like do i want to see it i'm sad i'm sadness now i need to point to the inside out characters that's how i can identify my feelings yeah the core (laughs) memory and it's sadness it is sadness (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh well these takes have actually been pretty good we've 
on Twitter, there's some bad takes out there. Some real Top bad bottom, takes. These were pretty good takes. These were pretty good takes. And I'm convinced on all of episode Where we just tear apart the bad takes. Yes. Yes. That is a good part, too. Because that's some deep into... Actually, you don't have to search that far on Twitter for bad takes. They're Not there. They're just sprinkled there all the time. That I'm sure you guys see on handles, too. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, just search the hashtag handles. Not only will you get great ideas for renovating your kitchen, Mm -hmm. you will see very hot NBA takes and very wrong ones as well. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kristen, for being... Thank you for thinking of me. Thanks for being the first guest host in Spencer's history. How does it feel? I don't know if I was your first choice for this. You were. When I got the message, like I was stupidly excited about it. And as you know, like navigating life with a newborn because you are in the thick of it right now. um, Yes. It's no joke. And so we haven't really been taking on added requests. As soon as I got your message, I was like, we will move around Monday to make this happen. Like Yay! I'm so excited about it because I'm such a fan of yours. I'm such a fan of this podcast. You two are incredible together. And I so appreciate you thinking of me just to fill in for one of them. Oh, thank you so much. Well, we have to have you back. Oh yeah, totally. Spencer's hoodie and all. We'll get you some new merch too. We have some new merch coming up. Yes, I love this, <laughs> by the way. Softest hoodie that I own. Spencers is hosted by me, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Jordan Liggins. This episode was produced by Jordan, Isabel Jocelyn, Harry Krinsky, and Alex Ward. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yales, and me. Hi, this is Duba calling from Toronto, Canada. Just drove back from Detroit where I got to see very tight games against both Golden State and the Lakers. And it was incredible watching LeBron James come back, even though he wasn't at his prime form yet. I know he's coming back. Just want to say, bring back more rivalries, bring back more young players who have no business challenging these old dudes, like thinking that they have they have what it takes. Kay tried to go up against AD multiple times. Obviously, I guess LeBron was incredible to watch. I hope everyone's okay, but just I want more rivalries. I want more drama. That's the stuff that I look for. Thank you for always giving me more of that, Spencer. Um, And I hope that the storylines always play out in our favor. Bye.